Calling all writers, this is a message for anyone who thinks that they can stump Joe with a story. Whether you could write a story that you think that Joe will think is true, or know of a story that's so ridiculous that he may think it's fake, please send them in to allegedly.podcast at gmail.com. And if your story is selected, at the very end of the podcast, we will give you credit once it's revealed to be either true or false. So please feel free to write us your stories or send us a true story at allegedly.podcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you. Hello and welcome to the Allegedly Podcast, where we separate fact from fiction with a concoction of pop culture references and dick jokes. Uh, my name is Joe, and with me as always is Alex. Heyo! Now, normally Alex reads stories to me, but today we decided to try something a little different. Uh, I'll be trying to stump Alex today. Now, here's how this works. Uh, I will tell Alex three stories. At least one of them are true. The others may be false. Uh, and it will be up to Alex to decide which is which, and I will reveal his answers and the truth at the end of the show. Today's theme is famous figures in history, uh, particularly, well, it's not, no, it isn't just American history, so it's just history. You know, yeah. the rest of the world history, <laughs> U.S. and the other countries. <laughs> yeah, and those other countries, whatever they yes. may be. To whom to it quote, may concern. To quote old dirty bastard. For the, all those in America and outside of America. <laughs> yep, nope, that's, that pretty much sums it up. Let's do <laughs> You know it's going to be a successful podcast when you have to, when you quote old dirty bastard. That's, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. I once uh, carpooled to court with a friend of mine. And... Uh, <laughs> He got he got he got popped for a DUI and he showed up to court in an old dirty bastard T-shirt. Oh, yeah. I mean, he uh, he gave me his car keys because I was going to have to drive the fucking car. Home. Oh, so wait, did, <laughs> he's okay, like, I'm did, probably going to jail today. And I'm like, yeah, you <laughs> probably fucking are, you idiot. <laughs> so let me, let me ask, did he get off? Did the, the, the shirt work or was the judge like, no, nah. he didn't go to jail that day. <laughs> That's a plus. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> just, just just a couple weeks later. <laughs> when he got, this is true, while he was going to court for one DUI, he drove backwards through the McDonald's drive-thru. Oh. Like, he drove through in reverse because so, he didn't want to order. He wanted his buddy to order. So he got popped for another DUI, and we had to go back to court. And I had to sit there and watch as the judge was figuring out which DUI he was charging him for. Oh, no. That's yeah. <laughs> That's a bad sign. You know, if the judge has it's to not be good. like, let me find today's, you know, today's yeah. DUI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's never good if a judge remembers you, kids. Okay. <laughs> if there's He's one like, person you want in this world to forget your face and name, it's a it's any member of the court of law. Okay. <laughs> He's like, hey, you're that ODB guy, right? Right. Never wear an ODB shirt to fucking court. They will throw the fucking book at you, as they should. <laughs> Holy moly. Well, you know, 
that 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 is a true story i am guessing and uh so mark one up for me already marked one down look at you Ah, i did it i mean to to be fair i said it was a true story at the beginning but (laughs) look 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 not my fault not my i worked with the evidence that was presented to me and you saying it was true was part of the evidence so (laughs) i just i took all that i thought about it i was like is this true or false and came up with it's probably true so there we go i mean i could have been lying (laughs) (laughs) you could have yeah i mean that's (laughs) all i'm just like this is this is false your your life is a lie joe (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh All right. Well, today might be a little bit of a long one. I guess we should get into it, buddy. Are you ready? Let's do this. I am ready. All right. Story number one. Howard Robard Hughes Jr., better known simply as Howard Hughes, was born on December 24th, 1905 in either Humble or Houston, Texas. It's not clear he had multiple birth certificates because this man's life (laughs) is all insanity. (laughs) More than one birth certificate. Yeah, that's. It's, How do you get- I, it was very confusing while researching some like he as an adult, he claimed another birth certificate where it said Houston instead <laughs> of Humble. But I think Humble, Texas might be part of Houston, Texas. It just got like incorporated. It was very confusing and nobody could tell me answers like I can't I can't even keep track of one birth certificate. I don't even know where my birth certificate. You I, know? Yeah, I couldn't. Well, I couldn't even I tell you. Two. If I yeah. had three or four different ones, that'd be a little easier, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah, you could just kind of make it up. He had one for every day of the week. Yeah, uh, like I, I guess I'm born in Houston today. Oh, today's Wednesday. Uh, it's humble Texas today. <laughs> I'm a humble citizen. Yep. <laughs> I'm born in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, well, either humble or Houston, uh, he came into world recognition as a film producer in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, but he truly became infamous in the 1940s with the Hughes Aircraft Company. There, he set many world speed records and at the peak was brought in front of the United States Senate War Investigating Committee, if if that wasn't a fucking mouthful enough, <laughs> over the $22 million in government grants he received to build the H-4 Hercules, commonly known as the Spruce Goose, which at the time was the largest flying boat with the widest wingspan in in, uh, aircraft history, a record that would stand until uh, 2019. So wait, the real name for the Grey Goose was like the Hercules? The H-4 Hercules. So why the fuck are we calling it the Grey Goose? Like, It's the Spruce Goose. Oh, the Spruce Goose. What are the fuck? Is is Grey Goose? It's because it was, uh, it's because it was, it was all made out of wood. The whole shit was made out of wood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the all the wings and the hole, because it was lighter than aluminum, was the idea. So that fucking movie. And technically watched, it was, uh, I think technically it was pine and something else. It actually wasn't made out of spruce, but spruce goose rhymes. So. so fucking, so that movie Aviator is full of shit? Everything was metal in that movie. No, it was wood. <laughs> was it? Son of yeah, a that's bitch! Why, that's, why it, that's why it flexed so much. He uh, got it 80 feet off the water and then landed. Technically it worked. <laughs> He's like, put it in the books. We flew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was really what that whole Senate investigation yeah. boiled down to uh, was like, can it fucking fly? And he's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, OK, wait. So if this was the Hercules, so Spruce Goose was made of wood, right? Would the Hercules, do you think his first design was like marble? 
He's like, we can make this shit. Happen, right? <laughs> fucking, this should work. I've seen a, a concrete canoe float. Like, this should fucking work. This is fine, dude. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I like this guy. Yeah, no, like, literally, like, he wanted to make this gigantic airplane, which I think was supposed to be, like, a carrier for troops or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just massive. And all his engineers were like, aluminum's just too fucking heavy. We can't do this out of metal. Like, it's impossible to do it. And he was like, wood! We'll use wood! Because he's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's like, like, I was on a roller coaster where it was made out of wood. Yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> this shit should work. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Awesome. I like it. All right. Uh, now, while Hughes was literally and figuratively flying high, he was also increasingly suffering from many physical and mental maladies. Uh, well known for OCD tendencies, he had an extremely specific request for everything from how he preferred his breakfast to personal hygiene to how he wanted films to be screened at his house. Mm-hmm. By the time the 1970s rolled around, he was quite literally a recluse. Uh, that is until he read a book featuring an eccentric yet sympathetic artist. Seeing himself in this character, he felt compelled to come out of hiding and tell his life story. Enter... <laughs> Clifford Irving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I watched The Twilight Zone. I stole all that narrative style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, are you smoking a cigarette right now, standing outside of the story, too? A cigarette? Dude, I'm half a pack in. <laughs> Unfiltered. My This entire office is nothing but two feet of haze over the top. Yeah, seriously, like, you're just, you walk in, you're like, imagine a world where a giant wooden airplane <laughs> will fly for 30 seconds. Imagine now, a imagine goose another made guy. of spruce. <laughs> now you take that spruce, and then you make it fly. <laughs> Enter Clifford. <laughs> uh, Clifford had worked as a copy boy, a machinist, and door-to-door salesman, and eventually became a successful author. Known mostly in small circles of writers and artists, uh, but much like his future subject, Howard Hughes, it seemed he was just as known for his lifestyle as he was for his work. At one point, he was a local celebrity on the island of Ibiza, where he met three of his six wives. Three of his... Okay, wait. Is this at the... Like... I think it's hey. over numerous years um, where he just kind of stayed... He was a war course... Like, he uh, he was a correspondent for some newspaper uh, somewhere in the air in the area and i think he just kind of settled down in like he stayed in ibiza a lot and married three different ladies over the years holy night and then fucking married three more once he figured out he shouldn't be marrying women from this island thing from this yeah yeah he, he had uh he had one before ibiza and then two afterwards <laughs> oh my goodness okay no hey if it works once or if it doesn't work once try again and if it doesn't work twice try again if it doesn't work then then you know try three more other times somewhere else i i mean i get it yeah and if you you know go bankrupt a couple of times you can become president yeah (laughs) yes you can it's possible (laughs) we have the evidence (laughs) (laughs) oh uh now in 1970 he received a thank you letter for howard hughes for his treatment of his main character in his latest book and the two opened a dialogue eventually agreeing to sit down together Over the next weeks and months, he sat down interviewing and transcribing Howard. They would meet at very specific, always remote places, ranging from private penthouses in major major American cities to the back seats of cars, decks of yachts, uh, where they could not be overheard. After he put together his first draft, 
Clifford contacted publisher McGraw-Hill for a deposit on the future autobiography. Now, obviously, the publishers were suspicious, not only because a biography of Howard Hughes from the man himself seemed unlikely, but also if it was true, that would mean they were sitting on a gold mine. So proper vetting was in order. Vetting Clifford, uh, Clifford happily agreed to all vetting. Um, He took lie detector tests. They had handwriting experts. Um, All were met and satisfying, eventually agreeing to give Irving $100,000 for his manuscript and a future $460,000 to H.R. Hughes. There was just one problem. None of this was true. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. The the manuscript wasn't true or the the money wasn't true? Oh, the money is very true. (laughs) You see... Howard Howard Hughes, the Howard Hughes Clifford interviewed, was actually his friend Richard Suskin. <laughs> they figured that Hughes was so reclusive that the news uh, of the fake autobiography would never reach him. And even if it did, he wouldn't dare to come into public to speak out about it. Holy shit. Okay, so wait, let me ask you this. Did mm-hmm. the friends actually, did they actually meet? Like... Did they did the one friend dress up like Howard Hughes and like secretly meet behind like in a car and like in a penthouse and shit? Um, at this point, there's no evidence how they interviewed themselves. <laughs> they just kind of came up with this idea, this theory that they could they could fake the uh, publisher, and they did. <laughs> yes, but <sighs> yeah, but now Ooh. see they had a rough draft, but now they have a hundred grand and the publisher wants something. So now with a, a hundred grand between them, they doubled down. Between partying and traveling from Mexico to Cuba and the Bahamas, they would lock themselves into hotel rooms and conduct, quote unquote, interviews, where one would pretend to be Howard and the other would type down what the other said. So they went in. They're, they're oh, they go in now. Like, they, the, they proved the concept. Now they're in it. They're in it to win it. Yeah, now, now they fucking want it. Well, wait. So if they're giving a hundred grand to the man to to buy the manuscript or whatever, and four hundred grand to Howard Hughes, right? Mm-hmm. This other friend is completely incentivized to play Howard Hughes. Like, do you think they just give him the fucking address to his buddy who he interviewed? Oh, you'll find out. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> the manuscripts they sent back eventually led them to receive a staggering total. Of seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, all made out to H.R. Hughes. The public were so excited for this book that it seemed nothing could stop them. In fact, in 1971, Hughes himself stepped out and gave what would become his very last teleconference of his life, denouncing the book in its entirety. <laughs> Many believed he was the one lying. <laughs> so he just comes out and he's just like, "Hey." Bro, this book's not real. This is my last uh, interview. People are like, "That's bull." I yeah, mean, yeah. Was there, you can. Was there you can. You can. There's shit? a. There's. You can find it on YouTube. It's and it's very grainy. But he's like, "I never signed to this. I have no idea who this man is." <laughs> and li- like literally, journalists um didn't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is there scandalous shit in this book? Like, is it talking about you Hughes like ganged the system, or is it like? you know, a fairly good depiction of his life. Cause like at some point I would just be like, where's my check? Right. The, one would, one was, no, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, Like basically they would take like something true, right? Like he married so-and-so in this year 
And then they would make up like a vacation. They went to the fucking Alps where he learned to ski from a fucking Sherpa or some bullshit. <laughs> um, or like he went down to Key West and met, um, you know, fucking uh, Ernest Hemingway. And the two swam naked in the in the bay together. <laughs> like it was it was it's surprisingly touching. Like it's they took him and they made him like interest. Like it, it like because it's a real autobiography. Yeah. He spent the next six years of his life eating peanut butter from a spoon and sitting in his recliner. Yeah, like he collected jars of urine. And but in this book, like his reclusiveness was, just meant he was gallivanting around the world. Like he was Bruce yeah. fucking Wayne. Exactly, learning all these skills. Fucking, he knows Mandarin, Japanese, mm-hmm. Taiwanese. You know, almost every <laughs> yeah. Asianic language. Mm-hmm. And really, in reality, he hardly knows English, right? God damn it. Right. I want these guys well, to Well, by this point, too, Howard Hughes had a bad accident where he caught on fire. So <laughs> part of his face was disfigured. And, I mean, the man oh. was really a fucking hermit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this book made him out to be, like, just this almost tragic figure, like this gallivanting guy who's just kind of tragic. And it's actually, it's shocking how, like, human they made him. Right. Well, I mean, at some point, I would just live with it. I mean, I guess there's the truth, right? <laughs> but if if your well, life kind of sucks, then yeah. Well, Howard Hughes also very much an egotist. Like yeah, no matter how good this autobiography was, it wasn't his. Yeah, exactly. Also, he turns out he wasn't getting paid for it. So yeah, well, I mean that's that's probably the biggest part where there's like, where's my goddamn money? <laughs> uh, anyway, so he denounced the book in his entirety. Um, but most people assume that. Uh, he had agreed to the biography, but now was trying to back out at the last minute, you know, because he was crazy. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, unfortunately for our heroes, the wheels finally fell off in 1972 when the Swiss bank figured out that the checks they cashed to H.R. Hughes was actually Irving's sixth wife, Edith, ah! under the pseudonym Helga R. Hughes. What? Yeah, they'd been cashing all these fucking checks to Howard H.R. Hughes, which was just a fake ID. What? Clifford Irving was eventually sentenced to 17 months in jail, thus bringing an end to one of the greatest hoaxes in American history. So let, uh, Oh, wait, wait, wait. by the way, real quick, the book I mentioned earlier, the one that Howard Hughes supposedly read and felt sympathetic towards, you want to know what it was about? What? Well, the eccentric artist I told was actually an art forger, and the title of the book was called Fake. Uh, awesome. So maybe everyone should have she- seen this coming. <laughs> awesome. It's like it's like these guys they wanted to be caught, right? So that I think I think uh I think they just they they came up with this idea and then got away with it and then were like, well, fuck it. Like, why not? Like, why not just keep going? It's like uh, I mean, they, they end up getting three quarters of a million dollars in the 70s so if howard though never came forward in that last interview he did like a lot like mm-hmm. these guys would have been fucking probably free and clear like nobody would have fucking questioned it yeah honestly i don't i think if the bank didn't get suspicious then because then they probably could have published it and then it would have just been years and years of tabloids of the two estates fighting each other, right? Yeah, exactly. So that would just sell mo- even more books. So I think if the Swiss bank didn't catch on to the forged checks, n- that no everyone, no one would have been caught, or no one would have cared to catch. I mean, you know something's going on when it's Swiss bank that's catching you. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're fucking they, not catching they, checks. 
Like, yeah, they shoved over Nazi gold to track down Helga <laughs> R. Hughes. Like, <laughs> no, that's exactly what happened. They're just like, <laughs> there's something not right. Helga right. R. Hughes, something's not adding up mm. here. But it says H.R. Hughes here. And there is an H in Helga. And they're like, hmm. <laughs> very true. Cash a check. I don't care. Right. <laughs> We're neutral. Yeah. We have enough Nazi gold. We can get by this. <laughs> Uh, oh, the Swiss. Oh, the Known for chocolate Swiss. and Nazi gold. <laughs> well, and apparently catching forged Howard Hughes checks. Right, yes, they're very good. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Those guys, <laughs> great. So wait, was so Howard was never truly inspired by the book that, right? Uh, in like, this he, re- he says he never even heard of the author, let alone <laughs> read the book. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> These guys, I like them. I like the audacity. If you're Legend. Do it, they they at least fucking went through, right? They they fucking were like, hey dude, okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna make this real, I need you to pretend to be Howard so I can actually, you know, right? Get my sixth wife. And yeah, dude. Seriously, check. like a a lot of a lot of the traveling was just so Clifford Irving could have an affair with his mistress. Dude, is Clifford Irving like? Uh, a fucking pen name for fucking Donald Trump? Like... <laughs> no, this wives. guy's successful. Oh, shit! <laughs> Damn. Like, he never tried to hide the fact that he was a con artist. <laughs> he wrote a book about it. Two fucking of them. Fucking A, dude. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, that, that the one about the art forger has also come under suspicion to how real it is. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. They're just like, did he actually fucking write this book, too? <laughs> Great. I like it. I like Clifford. Ooh, he, but uh, is it true? I'm going to have to mull mm, it over. We're, we're going to have to mull that one over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to take it and log it away and, and fucking. I have to. I, I like to feel it out, too, with the other stories, right? Like, mm. so if you come if you come at me with something, something a little bit more ridiculous, like, then maybe it's true. Maybe it's false. Like, this one. Or did I go full meta and write a fake biography about a fake biography that was already a fake biography? And then, you, yeah, you called this guy up, Clifford, right, who doesn't exist. <laughs> I just got back from the Bahamas. <laughs> I just got back from the Bahamas. I was talking to Cliff, okay? And we interviewed together and decided <laughs> that I should tell this story. It's all right there. Here it is, <laughs> my manuscript on this story. <laughs> <laughs> We ne- you never know you never know <laughs> well i mean eventually you'll know at the end of this episode but <laughs> yeah yeah we'll 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 tell you the truth well, or yeah, or well, is it the truth <laughs> uh, well we'll edit all this out <laughs> <laughs> yeah the beauty of editing <laughs> all right are you ready for story number two bring it on let's hear it let's do this. all right now this one has some eastern european names you know those ones outside of america oh, so I uh, I apologize in advance for any mispronunciation. Let's do this. I totally get it. Uh, Dusan Dusko Popov was oh born July 10th, 1912, to Serbian parents in, ooh, here we go, Tittle, Austria, Hungary. Pop- that's rough. Popov's, yeah, that's, that's a lot. Popov's family were exceedingly wealthy, thanks to his banker and industrious g- grandfather, and although the Balkans would undergo many mon- uh, monumental political changes, Dusko's family's wealth kept them far away from the struggles affecting Europe at the time. Pop, pop off? 
Popov's family? Popov's. Yeah, Dus yeah, Dusko Popov. I kind of change between Dusko and Popov cuz it's it's a lot to say Popov every time. <laughs> yeah, so it's Disco like, you know, uh, Dusko. Dusko. D U S D U S K O. Dusko Popov. I okay, think I there's you. an umlaut in there somewhere. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all vowels. My apologies to the Popov estate. <laughs> anyway, uh, though initially politically neutral, he was never one for bullies. While attending preparatory school, he grabbed the cane the teacher used to discipline students and snapped it in two in front of the whole class. He was expelled within four months. Huh? So wait, okay, so so he fucking stopped child abuse and the school got rid of him. Yeah, this is in the 1920s, so that was... Mm. not beating kids was frowned upon yeah yeah that's yeah you, you know spare the rod spoil the child kind of shit mm-hmm. right but he just snapped the rod like he snapped it in fr- and i think it because he did it in front of the whole class that's that's what really did it god dude like well i think of these rods as like fucking canes but they're like whipping sticks well oh, no it, it said it just... everything i read said cane so Holy i think shit. it was like so a fucking just... walking cane <laughs> So he just fucking see a boom, bust boom. this shit in half. And Here you go, it. cripple. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this dude's like hobbling around. He's like, catch me now, bitch. <laughs> yeah, try to beat me now, cane. motherfucker. Snaps the cane and runs off. Okay. <laughs> or maybe it was a dancing teacher, so they were doing like a top hat and cane routine. Who knows? Oh, dude. Yeah, dude. You just kind of. They were putting kicks. on the rinse. Yeah, he kicks it, he kick enters in, fucking has his cane in his top hat, and then he gets it snapped. <laughs> I mean, I'd expel a kid, too, if he snapped right. my dancing cane. You can't be fucking with my dancing cane, bro. Yeah, dude. Awesome. <laughs> uh, now, while attending university in 1935, he befriended Johan Johnny Jebsen. Dusko Johan, okay. Yep, Dusko and Johan. Uh, they shared many interests, ranging all the way from drinking to sports cars and the reputation of being ladies' men. So, okay, let's let's get something straight here. The 1920s? 1930s. 1930s? I think that's all there was to these. Like, they didn't share those interests. Those were the only interests. The 1930s. I mean, for, for, for rich, affluent Europeans, yes. I, I mean, maybe drugs? Maybe? But... I mean, if it, if it if it didn't come in a tumbler with whiskey, I doubt it. These are these are frat boys now, like fucking drinking, Very, fucking banging women and and fast cars. Like that's all some of these guys care about, right? And by all accounts, Popov did it in style, <laughs> with slicked back hair and piercing eyes. To oh quote my. the Times column of Ben McIntyre, women found him irresistible with his easy manner, loose sensual mouth. And green bedroom eyes. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this Times columnist, but uh, that was a little. That is that, was that a, is a quote. <laughs> that was a little hot and heavy. I mean, the loose the sensual mouth? mouth thing. Yeah. Yeah. Loose sensual. Loose, I don't put loose like, and sensual together. No. Like what? What is that? Like they have like a Jim Carrey face, like really malleable. I'm thinking of Vin Diesel slack jaw and triple X. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes out with his slick back hair and green eyes and like, hey, yo, <laughs> you like cars? Dude, it, what if this guy is Vin Diesel from fucking Triple X? That guy liked drinking, banging women in cars. Like, I mean, it's just all, 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 pa- all Popov needs is a fucking skateboard. 
<laughs> and he'll be triple X. Skateboard, snowboard, yeah. Something with a board on it. <laughs> uh, by the time uh, by the time 1937 rolled around, Popov was a master of multitasking. He was balancing women, fast cars, not to mention finishing his doctorate. He also somehow found time to write columns, debate, and speak out against the increasing rise of pro-Nazi propaganda he saw. Okay, well, okay, so let's 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 get this shit straight here. He's typical frat boy, but at least he's not a Nazi. That's true. That's okay, cool. So you got one redeeming quality about Popoff. Well, two, if you count, you know, the loose mouth. The, oh, I mean, loose sensual mouth, anti-Nazi. Fucking yeah. sign me up. That's all you can really ask for in a European at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget those green bedroom eyes. Green bedroom eyes? Holy shit. Mm. This, guy's like a, this guy's like a 1930s unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even think it gets any better than this. Or does it? Oh, Ooh. oh, but it does. Oh, it let's hear it. Story if it didn't. <laughs> Apparently, he was particularly good at the latter. For after he finished his doc, uh, doctoral thesis, he was arrested by the Gestapo under the accusation of being a commun- communist. Ooh. Luckily, okay. his best friend Yebsen saw the arrest and called Dusko's father. And after eight days in prison, he was released. However, he had to leave Germany within 24 hours. So he headed to Switzerland, but of course, where upon arriving, Jebsen was waiting for him. And Dusko promised him that if he needed anything, he only had to ask. And he didn't have to wait long. Nazi gold. Nazi gold. (laughs) Nazi gold. Nazi gold. That's what I want. I want Nazi gold. (laughs) I want Swiss Nazi gold. (laughs) Well, in 1940... Dusko was practicing law when he received a message from his buddy Johan uh, Jebsen, asking him to meet him at a hotel in Belgrade. At their meeting, Popov learned that his friend had joined the German military intelligence service. You see, due to Jebsen's father's shipping business, he could travel through Europe unencumbered as long as he uh, passed on detailed information of his business contacts. And he wanted Dusko's help to do it. He's a spy? He's a spy for the Germans. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Jespin is a spy for the Germans? That's right. So Duskov, how, what? Duskov just got out of prison from the Germans, and he finds he out his certainly buddy did. is a German spy? But his buddy is a German spy. So his buddy just released him. No, at that time, well, no, Dusko's father got him released. Um, Jebsen was just the guy that told Dusko's father that he'd gotten arrested. Uh, so how do we know Dusko didn't, or, uh. Yepsen didn't get him right. I guess we don't, man. Oh, fucking shitty friend. Okay. So, okay, we have one anti-Nazi and then one Nazi. Uh, yeah, yes. At least one with Nazi tendencies. Yeah, or at least yeah. willing to take that Nazi gold. Yeah, yeah, not Nazi light. Like, you know, he may not believe in everything, but goddamn, that gold looks nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. Shocked, Dusko uh, did what everyone would have done. He went directly to a British passport officer <laughs> and reported his friend and was immediately enrolled as a double agent. Oh, shit. Okay. From yes. that day on, he worked for MI5 and MI6, which would feed, uh, which would give him intelligence that he would feed to the Germans uh, to keep them happy. And then he would turn around and report back 
on the Germans to the British. Okay, so wait, this like a James Bond movie? So you got two friends, and they're like, you were supposed to be my friend. Oh, you're a German spy. Well, you were a That's spy right. for the British. Awesome. That's right. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of Goldeneye. Yeah. Double 006 is turning. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. So, Duskoff, oh. Double Agent Man. Double Agent Man. <laughs> double Agent Man. He's like driving a fucking car with his like loose lips flapping around. Like. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just. He's fucking Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. <laughs> Yes, yes. Just scatting along. That's exactly what this is. Oh my God, even Tyler's this guy. <laughs> I love it. Just, <laughs> and they're like, oh, those sensual lips. Oh, and those bedroom eyes. Yes. Okay. So now I got I, I got headcanon of Steve. <laughs> at this point, it shouldn't come as a surprise. Dusko was incredibly good at his job. In fact, both sides considered him as one of their top agents. The British loved his deafness and constitution towards the cause, and the Nazis were so impressed with his workflow that they said he did the work of ten men. (laughs) It is even rumored at one point that he contacted the FBI with information about Pearl Harbor in 1941, but J. Edgar Hoover didn't trust him because he was foreign. <laughs> this guy is James Bond. Holy shnikes. He had everything. Fucking the Germans everything. liked him. The British liked him. If we would have stopped <laughs> Pearl Harbor, the United States. Dude, Josh Hartnett wouldn't have fucking died. And, yeah, you know, it, it would have been a. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dude, this guy. Okay. Badass. So, uh, I mean, if you're getting praise from not. But you're a double agent, right? So, all the praises that you're getting from Nazis is a sign that you're doing your job well. Whoa. Exactly. Like, and it, it's kind of funny. They say, like, well, he did the work of 10 men. Well, that's because he basically had 10 people in the British intelligence agency yeah. feeding him information. You know? yeah, <laughs> so hey, it's kind here. of ironic. Yeah, yeah. Minimal, minimal impact. Yeah. Well, fucking A, dude. I never, I, it's those fucking lips, man. So it goes to well, Germans. you know what? Hold on to your butts, to quote oh. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, my God. Does it go crazier? Oh, buddy. As if being a double agent for the Allies wasn't enough, he even had a cover story as a successful businessman. And although the business was a cover, he actually did make successful transactions all on his own. Oh, shit. His most famous of which was a money laundering scheme named the Midas Plan. What? So wait, wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. So this was a criminal. Wait, so this business that he ran was money laundering money per the green light from the British government to feed them intel back from the Germans. Like, mm. mm-hmm. dude. Okay. Right. Dude, director of the naval intelligence, Admiral Godfrey, agreed to allow Dusko to steal money from the Nazis. Uh, afterwards, he would hand it off. To MI6. Popov managed to launder $38,000, which in today's money would be around $630,000. Damn! The rendezvous would be at the Casino Estorial in Portugal. However, Dusko refused to bring a safe or carry a briefcase, instead insisting to carry the money 
on his person. So he just lined his suit with money? Yeah, he fucking did and went to the goddamn casino. Oh my god. So Admiral Godfrey sent his assistant to keep an eye on Popov and make sure the exchange happened. The assistant made sure to keep his distance at the casino as to not raise suspicion. But as it turned out, that he maybe didn't need to be that cautious. For Dusko apparently felt uh, being very coy wasn't in the cards. Pun intended. Oh, God. <laughs> While Wait, sitting so at a he... Baccarat table, an obnoxious businessman sat down and loudly proclaimed he would match anyone's bet at the table. <laughs> Not like, Yeah, dude. Not liking the cut of this dude's jib, Dusko pulled out all $38,000 of laundered oh. money and laid it on the table. Oh. Later, the assistant would say that he turned green, seeing their entire mission so casually thrown away. Fucking but upon calling the bluff, the obnoxious man withdrew his claim, and Dusko happily picked up all the cash back off off the table and put it back into his suit. Bah. <laughs> Oh my god, he gets his martinis shaken and not stirred, too! <laughs> Dusko Popov would go on to live a simpler life after his spy work had concluded. He would get married, have children, whom apparently knew nothing of his past life, until, of course, he wrote his own autobiography in 1974. Oh. Instead of a traditional autobiography, Popov instead wrote uh, more akin to popular spy novels of the time, being described as, quote, fundamentally accurate, if not occasionally embellished. Uh, although he died in 1989 at the age of 69, uh, sorry, excuse, he died in 1981 at the age of 69, his stories would go on to live in infamy, all thanks to the equally infamous work of Admiral Godfrey's assistant, none other than Ian Fleming, the man who wrote James Bond. What? No. This guy fucking... Oh, this is real life James Bond. This is the real life James Bond. He was a fucking double agent, successful criminal, fucking ladies man like fast cars, loose lips, but not loose, loose lips. enough to not. Is he, okay, he had loose lips, sensual lips, but not loose enough to blow his cover. Ever tight what? when it counted. Dude, what? Did James Bond did, have green Did I just eyes? blow your mind? God damn. Well, I'm looking him up right now. Sean Connery. UK, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I'm looking up. No, I'm not looking that up. I'm looking at Sean Connery's eyes. He has brown eyes. Okay. Well, I was just kind of curious to see, like, if any if any of the James Bonds have green eyes. Well, in uh in the books, he's detailed as having slicked back hair and having green eyes. Right, right. No, no, no. I'm just wondering if, like, uh, cause I uh, what's uh, like Daniel Craig is probably the closest one. Well, Daniel Craig has- follows. Yeah, they, he follows the book, I think, a little bit, right? Casino yeah. Royale or all that bullshit is. Dude, that's mm. nuts! Fucking nuts! That's awesome. I Dude, fucking, that's a wild I, story, right? I fucking like it. I like this guy. I, it started off kind of shaky, right? Duskov kind of sounded like, uh, or was it Dus Dusko? Not Duskov, Dusko, right? Yeah. Dusko. Dusko. Dusko kind of sounded a little, a little uh, frat boy, you know. Oh yeah, he's here. he's hundred percent an arrogant person but he but he had morals <laughs> dude he went like dude like if you came to me and you were like hey man i'm a spy 
I mean, I at <laughs> first would be kind of freaked. I'd be like, well, shit, what do I do? Is Joe just going to fucking gun me down if I do anything? <laughs> this, this guy had no fucking give. He had the balls. He's like, oh, you're a spy. Oh, that's high. F- you know, let's high five that. And he goes straight to a fucking British embassy. My friend's a spy. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then that dude makes him a spy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, then the, the Germans are just like this. Right. Oh, this guy's great. This guy's he's one of the best guys we have. Yeah. Put him on the case. He's great. You'll get shit done. Right. Talk about talk about from being a frat boy to being like a double agent spy. I'm sure he fucking raced cars at some point. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Him, him and him and Yebsen uh, 100 percent love their sports cars. This is like the coolest person I've ever heard in my life. He's a badass. I mean, unfortunately, womanizing, drinking and smoking did him in. But it's one hell of a way to go. I mean. Yeah, if you're gonna go, right? Fucking go right. that route, I guess. Wow. All right, I'm I'm sold. I like this guy. Fuck, he's Just... he's a he's a wonder he's a he's a monumental human being. Shit, he's great. He's got my vote. I like him. <laughs> du- du- Dusk of 2021 or Dusko 2021. Fucking a. <laughs> Dig him up. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Are you ready for the last story? Let's do this. All right. Now this one is a little long. But there's three main characters, and I'll I'll let you know. There's oh, a little little prologue to get oh going, but right, but I'll, I'll I'll let you know. Let's let's settle in, childrens. Yeah. All right. The CIA was established in uh, on June 26, 1947, to replace the World War II OSS, uh, as it was now the start of the Cold War and correct information, but more importantly, information gathered in secrecy was of the utmost importance. The first major uh, task was Operation Paperclip, which whitewashed the background of Nazi scientists so that they could legally migrate over to the United States in order to help with ballistic missile technology and space programs. I think, is that what they uh, they said back in the day for why, like, Hitler helped us out? Like, Hitler's not dead. And they uh, Hitler helped us out with communist fucking Russia and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that basically we captured Hitler and then kept kept him secret yeah. over here. I think it's the conspiracy. Yeah, we well, um, worked for the CIA and all that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's true or not, this one's definitely true. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, ultimately, the influx of over sixteen hundred German scientists led America to win the space race. Damn. Yeah. Sixteen hundred. Uh, 1600 now i couldn't tell if that was 1600 german scientists or if that included also their family right but still 1600 german we shipped got over here under operation paper oh fuck now i feel bad for the space race like what the oh yeah yeah it was it it was a it was funded by nazi gold (laughs) yeah seriously like that was supposed to allegedly podcast nazi gold how you feeling (laughs) yeah fucking hey dude god (laughs) Now I can't even feel good about that. <laughs> that no, and you shouldn't. God. Uh, this, I mean, it's stuff like this why people don't trust the CIA. And yeah, if you're listening right now, CIA, I like you. You're fine. You're cool. <laughs> you do you, baby. But hey, look, look, those those scientists, if they were whitewashed, right? Like, then maybe a lot of the people they worked with thought they were refugee, fucking, you know, German hmm. scientists fleeing Germany, right? So you can't really blame surprise a lot of the NASA workers. Right. Right. Yeah. No, like a lot of like those people didn't know a lot of them. Um, But but the U.S. government 100 percent did. 
Fuck. Okay. All right. I'm yeah. down. <laughs> okay. Okay. So fucking Nazi rockets sent us. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And while major or more accurately suspect operations from the CIA range from Acoustic Kitty, an op that would have trained cat spy to spy on the uh, Soviets. Don't fuck with me here. That's like to Operation. That, that... Oh yeah, they they tried to train cats. They would have like a like a recording thing on their back, and they would sneak in like because cats could just roam streets. No one would give a shit, right? Oh my god, you know what Acoustic Kitty kind of sounds like? It it sounds like an all female cover band for like Maroon Five. Like that's what Acoustic Kitty. Oh, sounds like. that's nice. Or it's an or it's a um. An all-girl band, acoustic band of uh, Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, you can't say Pussycat. Obviously. I mean, I mean it's, it yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, <laughs> it was a, an operation that would train cats to spy on Soviets to Operation Midnight Climax, which explored the possibility of mind control with the use of drugs like LSD. Uh, okay, so wait. So they're fucking drugging people out, see if they can control their minds, and they're strapping fucking recording devices to cats. Mm-hmm. Those they are, are, those are... Yeah, these are the, the fringe operations of the CIA. This is... That's where our money went. It's like, okay, what do you got? It's like a big old meeting. Some dude's just like, okay, hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> we'll take these fucking 1960s recording devices, which are probably the size of a shoe, and we'll mm-hmm. fucking strap them to a cat. Somebody's like, I like it. You know, here's a million dollars. Figure it out. Who's got it next? Okay, well, there's drug literally there's up. literally pictures like they they drew sketches and it's a cat like and like where right where the tail is, there's a box. And then right above the shoulder blades is like a little satellite feed like a uh, like um like it's basically like a Victrola fucking speaker that would <laughs> catch the so, sound wave. It would catch the sound waves. <laughs> dude, so like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, no. How would like, somebody not be suspicious? Of, like, <laughs> that, that's like I don't understand how it went forward. Like yeah, okay, yeah. All right, like, you have, first you have to train cats, which everybody knows is super easy. Yeah, it's. But then you have like, but okay, a cat. Sure, a cat could sneak to a windowsill and you know spy on somebody. Dude, but what if what you're if trying to tell me no one would notice a fucking speaker box on the back of a fucking cat? How stupid would you feel if you went to Russia? All cats looked like that. Like, this was actually a <laughs> solid plan. Like, all the cats had, like, these gigantic satellite speakers on them. And we're like, this is just Russian cats. And you're just like, well, fuck. Now, we made fun right. of them for being dumb. But you could never pull this out of a crowd. Like, one's a spot. Look, we didn't have money for boombox, so we made portable <laughs> radio. <laughs> yes, portable broadcasting on the cats. They should broadcast. God. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> that is just portable broadcast cat on the windowsill. Pay no mind. <laughs> uh, that, that That is fluffy. <laughs> he played top 40 hits. <laughs> Sometimes you need to point radio at the cat to get a better signal. Okay. <laughs> He's good cat. Hmm. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Okay, CIA. No all right. Thing. Number one, baby. Now, these are all the fringe, uh, fun conspiracy theorists. CIA ops. But most of what the CIA focused on was much more mundane, mainly surveillance and analysis. Enter Osborne Cox. Osborne. I think there's something I read where he tried to pronounce it 
coat like it was French, so you didn't pronounce the fucking X. But I think mm. that was just because he got tired of people calling him Cox. Mm. <laughs> so I think he tried to be highfalutin about it, but I don't think anyone uh, did. <laughs> yeah, no. No way. All right, <laughs> oh, your Osborne. name's Osborne Co. Get out of here, Cox. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. We know Anyways. what this is. <laughs> I will be referring to him as Osborne. <laughs> Lest this all devolves to cock jokes. Yeah, no, I smart idea. <laughs> uh, Osborne was a Yale graduate with a minor in communications and a major in Russian literature. While doing his postgraduate work, he was recruited to the Russian desk as an analyst. Being 24 and newly married, Osborne saw this as an exceptional opportunity to have a stable, well-paying job that would set up uh, his uh, his and his wife Katie's future. So Osborne and Katie, two of the main characters. Katie Cox, Osborne Cox, got it. Obviously. Oh. It would also, he thought, give him plenty of opportunities for idea for the novel he dreamed of writing one day. Showing no sign of slowing down at the time, the Cold War indeed uh, proved fruitful, with semi-steady promotions, increasing security levels, and no shortage of data to analyze from top Soviet leaders and personnel. Osborne was more than satisfied. I mean, Katie would later recall in an interview she gave to the Washington Post, and if I quote anything, it's from the Washington Post interview, uh, in 2015. Ozzy was happy. We were happy. I guess we were silly to think it would last forever. When asked why it didn't, she said, quote, because the fucking Cold War ended, didn't it? When that wall <laughs> came down, so did our marriage. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, Katie does not fucking hold back. She just blamed one of the probably one of the best events to happen in human history. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. ending their marriage. She's it's like, so weird. They're both banking that the Cold War would last for fucking ever. Like, yeah, he's they're... hoping it'll give him ideas for a novel, and she likes the... She and her husband's happy because of that, so her life's better. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, these people are awesome. All right, I like it. She's doesn't hold back. <laughs> uh, while the Cold War was in full swing, Osborne was able to fly high. And for a brief time after the Berlin Wall collapsed in 1989... Things held on for a bit, but as the Soviet Union shattered into smaller and smaller pieces, so did uh, Osborne's professional life. Cool. Smaller countries to analyze meant smaller desks and fewer promotions. <laughs> according, yeah, according to one of Osborne's superiors, quote, he had grown bitter, mean. He had a degree from a fancy school, and he thought that bought him something here, never understanding that everyone here has a fancy degree from somewhere. <laughs> Another real nice fucking guy. He's just like, doesn't a degree from Harvard mean anything anymore? And this They're like, this is the CIA. Life. The janitor has one from Stanford, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the fucking, yeah. The guy, the guy that changes the waste bins guy went to Princeton. Or Princeton. Come on, dude. Right, yeah. Get the fuck get, out of here. Get the fuck. I mean, oh. that's what an art degree gets you. <laughs> yep. Hey, it's a Princeton, that's why he right. changed, changed the liners. Hey, Dad had to buy a whole new wing for that school to get that fucking degree. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, in the end, it was the drinking that did him in. After years of plateauing, Rock Bottom came in 2000, when he was called in for a demotion. Oh, Clearly no. inebriated, he verbally accosted his boss, fervently denying the accusations of alcoholism, and finally devolving 
uh, into shouting anti-Mormon remarks. Quote, fuck you, you're Mormon. Everyone's an alcoholic compared to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's 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 break this down real quick. You know what I mean? Because like, if I was to want to keep my job, the first yeah. thing I would do is, you know, show start up drunk. tossing around. Yeah, show up drunk, <laughs> start tossing around religious slurs. You know, screaming at people. You know, that's what I would do. I'd be like, I'm from Harvard, and you're dumb. Where's my right. job? Well, and here's the thing, like, they knew about his drinking, and they were only demoting him. Like, they weren't firing him. <laughs> like, he's like, look, he still look, had a job. They're, like, sitting together, and they're like, look, he does meth, okay? So clearly, he's not <laughs> suitable. You can't look, keep him in this level, but what about the level below? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Hey, look, the the dude's been on the Yugoslavian desk for the past 10 years. <laughs> like, get it, you know? Dude, honestly, that's that that is believable because that's pretty much how the government works. It's like, okay, right. look, he's got a he's got a heroin problem. Let's tr- let's not try to make a mayor, but let's put him on the city council. Like that's right. kind of where. Yeah. So are you going to fix the problem? No, no, no. We're just going to put the problem over here. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Okay, so fucking lit his boss up. Oh yeah, lit his boss up. Uh, may now maybe it was the years of service or just expedience. But Osborne was not fired for his actions. Instead, being allowed to quietly resign. Perfect. Right? Okay. You gotta love bureaucracy. He's like, look, dude, we can't keep you around because you hate Mormons, okay? And you're drunk all the time. What we're gonna do is we were gonna hey, we were gonna work with the drunk, okay? Yeah, we were gonna try to figure the drunk out, but we 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 just can't have the you know religious hate. Sorry, we're we're. We're the CIA, not the FBI. Come on. This is the year 2000. Get to the new <laughs> age, buddy. Yeah, you can't. You can show up drunk, but God, don't don't show up drunk and slander religious like. Religious Ooh, uh, I mean, did, and, yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, Mormons, fuck. you're going after Mormons? Come on, yeah. man. Come on, Cox. Yeah, God damn it, Cox. <laughs> uh, upon returning home, he <laughs> carrying a bottle of whiskey. He boldly claimed he didn't need the CIA, and he was going to write his memoirs. Finally. Yes. Yes. This was the final straw for Katie. (laughs) She told him that she was filing for divorce and revealed that she had been having an affair for the last five years with a man named Harry Farrier, our third character. Oh, shit. Okay, so wait. Line this up. He comes home pissed ass drunk, right? He's like, yep. I, I'm just, I'm gonna fuck the CIA. I'm gonna write a book, and it's gonna be my I, memoir. I, I'm finally, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my Russian lit degree <laughs> to use, and I'm gonna write my memoirs. Look, they, they can take my job, they can take my, my pride, but they can't take my memoirs. Nope, nope. And I'm gonna bring down the Mormon Church. <laughs> <laughs> friggin' free country, and here comes my book. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking ladder ladder saints my balls. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then his wife's like, I'm having an affair. He's like, you're gonna be fucked in my memoirs. (laughs) That's it. You're dead. You're dead in my book. Yeah. I'm I'm killing your character off. It's a memoir, (laughs) Osborne. It, It... it's not fictional. This is really happening. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. And then who's the third guy? A man named Harry 
Farrier. Farrier? Far- it's P-F-A-R-R-E-R. I assume the P's silent. So I'm just going to go Harry Katie Osborne. Yep. That's, that's pretty much how I wrote it. <laughs> okay. So, got it. Yeah, that, I think I figured it out. Osborne, slobbering drunk memoir writer. Katie, mm-hmm. his wife, who he was really, really didn't like. Yeah, she did not like, you know, world progression because that meant she's out of a job. And then this random guy who sleeps with that chick. All right. I think I got right. it in order. Upon hearing this, Osborne protested. <laughs> Obviously. Yep. But she, uh, but Katie informed Osborne that Harry <laughs> was a U.S. Marshal. And if he didn't leave the house within 24 hours, she would be uh, calling him to come over and take care of the situation. Okay, so let's line this up again. So Osborne's trying to convince her. He doesn't, he's like, I remember the good times. Remember when, right. remember when, you know, we were fighting against commies and, it's, and we were listening to conversations. That was good, right? Oh, God. Right? Uh, uh, Os- oh, God, your breath. Oh, God, your breath. <laughs> he's like, don't you tell me my breath. That's it. Memoirs. This, uh, this is why. This is why we can't. This is. Uh, my mother always hated it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his book writing. Right, and then the bitch Katie, the succubus from hell. <laughs> this is like in the book. <laughs> I did nothing wrong. But this, this book bitch. is dedicated to the Mormon spy, Katie, bitch hole. <laughs> shit okay so then she was like i'm gonna call up the guy i was having an affair with kick your ass basically she basically tells him my boyfriend's gonna beat you up (laughs) i'm i'm hoping that you know fucking osborne is just like do it fucking do it you know bring it on i'm in the fucking cia you're a fucking (laughs) analyst he's like like, they they train us how to do stuff i beat him up all you do is transcribe Russian. What are you fucking going to do, Osborne? This is like, I'm up to 75 words a minute. I'd <laughs> kick the shit out of him. <laughs> He's writing it in his book. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to me in reality, but in my book, you're all dead. You're all dead. You're dead? I, I won that fight in my memoirs. <laughs> Oh, right. So, Katie packed an overnight bag and headed to a hotel. Now, Harry indeed was a U.S. Marshal for the better part of the last six years. Before that, he had been a police officer in Chicago. And as a Marshal, he was passable. (laughs) Harry, Harry, quote, Harry is a scumbag, his ex-wife Elizabeth said during their divorce proceedings. (laughs) Nice. Okay. He took that Marshall job just so all of his girlfriends wouldn't be in the same city or state. Oh, shots fired. Dude, there is no likable person in the story. So if you're waiting for a hero, keep waiting. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love it. Okay, so fucking scumbag U.S. Marshall bangs. He's trying to get a girlfriend in every state, right? Al- alcoholic CIA Mormon hating ex-agent. And then yep. the the wife that's dancing between the two. This is honestly. She, I mean, she can say what she wants. I think she's just attracted to damaged guys. Yeah, I mean, this is a Netflix, like, TV series coming up. Like, right. Whew, okay. Whew. So I think I got now, it. Okay. Uh, now, maybe those were just the words of a scorned woman. But two things are for sure. 
Harry lost everything in the divorce, including half his past and future pensions, oh. and he quickly transferred to the Virginia office, wow, okay, where he almost hurt. as quickly started a, the affair with Katie. <laughs> Fast forward five years to August 17th, 2000. Harry was on his way over to Katie's house for a planned rendezvous. Unfortunately, Harry didn't know that Osborne had come home early that day. Uh, doubly unfortunate, Katie didn't let him know that she went to a hotel. So, so when Harry pulled up to the house and didn't see Katie's car parked on the street as it usually was, he assumed she had gone to run some errands. Pulling the key uh, to the front door, he noticed that it was already unlocked. He pulled out his service weapon and entered the house. While searching the upstairs, he heard a loud clicking coming from the closet of the office. Harry fired two shots blindly into the closet door. Osborne Cox rolled out of the closet, spilling among many things, a whiskey bottle, a hatchet, and stacks of papers. Osborne Cox was 46. Upon realizing he had just killed a man... Who, uh, who he knew worked for the CIA, Harry did the only thing he could, ran to the airport and bought a ticket to Venezuela. Oh, so he decapped this dude and he bounced. Okay. Yep. Shot him, shot him through a fucking door like a dick. He's like, well, this sucks. Where's my plane ticket? <laughs> Later, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. The oh next day, God. Katie was shocked to see Harry's old superior... Mr. Mormon, uh, when he met her in the lobby of the hotel she was staying at. You see, he had a few questions. <laughs> like, why was her husband shot dead in her house, surrounded by possible confidential papers? And why was her boyfriend being detained at the Washington Dole's airport uh, while trying to flee to a country that had no extradition? Oh, shit. After somehow convincing him she had no idea, they came to an agreement. Now, again, maybe it was Harry's years of service, or maybe it was just more expedient. Or maybe it was the fact that a CIA officer was shot dead surrounded by hundreds of possible confidential papers. They agreed they would rule Osborne's death accidental and let Harry make his way to Venezuela. Oh, and Katie would keep quiet on the whole thing. And that's exactly how it stayed for over a decade until in 2013, an analyst uh, working, for, working at the NSA leaked hundreds of documents to The Guardian. An analyst named Edward Snowden. Oh, my God. Boom. God damn. So fucking they're all bastards. Oh, every everyone in that story sucks ass, dude. So like, the, even the superior who I felt bad for after being accosted, basically, you know, didn't fire an alcoholic that he knew was an alcoholic, and then upon seeing his dead body, didn't even fucking investigate. Just let what? everyone go. Basically, just covered it up. It was just easier. Wow. He's just like, well, this shit sucks. So let's just all yeah. keep it quiet. Yeah, it's just no, send that emails and yeah, that fucking the Washington the Washington Post article on it is fucking like it's full of all these quotes of just bitter people shit talking each other. Oh my! I could have done the whole story just out of quotes of people just Katie's ruthless. Holy shit! 
That is amazing. And there you have it. Those are the three stories. Wow. Wow. That's fucking insane, dude. So all three wild rides. Dude, seriously. All three stories. God, dude. So we got fucking um, the Howard Hughes book guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got the spy. And then we got some crazy love triangle conspiracy shit. That's just like float. Fuck. All right. Let's uh, let, let, let's quick let's go let's recap and then find out what's true and where I was being sneaksies. Sneaksies? Okay. Okay, let's do it. All right. right. The first one. The the fake autobiography of Howard Hughes. I this one's a tough one, right? Because I could definitely for like see this happening. Um, because that guy was a. I don't know a lot about Howard Hughes. I do know he's fucking weird. So that's that's pretty much all you kind of need to know about Howard Hughes. <laughs> yeah, he's a very fucking weird dude. Made a plane out of wood and shit. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with this one being. It is true. Woo! Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's a. Uh, you can you can find uh you can actually find it now. Um, because basically the Howard Hughes estate has stopped suing over it. I don't know if they ever, I don't know if it ever print, they actually, like, they pulled publication, like, two weeks before it was supposed to fucking print. So I don't know if you can find a hard copy, but there are electronic copies you can find out there, and it's wild. I want to be like, you know, oh, just to see how scandalous it'd be. Like, if I was Howard Hughes, I'd I'd be like, let me see their manuscript. Oh, this life is better than the one I have now? Yeah, let's just fucking do that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, if uh, there's a great deep dive from Malcolm Gladwell, um, he does on his podcast, Revisionist History, um, called Oh, Howard, You Fool. And it's basically the whole argument is like this fake autobiography was way better than the tragic life, life he was living. Yeah. yeah. So he should have he should have just like instead of if kind of like if this autobiography didn't if came out. Today, we probably wouldn't just think of Howard Hughes as a weird, crazy person. We'd probably right. see him as his character from his autobiography. Yeah, but I guess then we're like, you know, we know him. It's a lie, right? Like, it, so it's tough to say, you know, does mm-hmm. he, do they want to know the real Howard Hughes or this fake persona? Like, right. Like, but then again, he's a crazy person. So, like, what the fuck does he care? Because he's probably not getting paid as well. No, and like, uh, and sadly, too, like, he died like like a year or two after. Uh, he denounced it. So, like, he could have just, you know, held on and t- took in that secret to his grave, you know? <laughs> Seriously. And it would have taken, because, like, I doubt Clifford Irving would say it was fake. So it probably would have taken another two decades to figure out it was fucking fake. Awesome. Well, find that guy. I He can write my autobiography. Like, I'm good with that. Unfortunately, he's dead, too, now, but... <laughs> The story sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it is it is wonderful. Um, and he wrote like 19 other books. So you can you can definitely wow. check out the one about the the art forger and stuff like that. That's awesome, dude. No, now I'm a fan. Like I just kind of want to. Right. I mean, he's a oh. shitty person and a grifter, but that's awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Now now the man himself, Dusko Popov, the real Dusko. James Bond. Dude, okay, so this one's tough, right? Because the assistant was the writer to the Bond novels, but that that doesn't, you know, that's that makes sense to me, but it's just like unbelievable enough, you know what I mean? But like, it's it's just, very coincidental. Yeah, but at the same time, I I just gotta go with what I want, right? Like, <laughs> I want this to be true, like, so I'm just gonna go with this is true because that's what I want it to. Be. Two for two, baby. Woo! 
I wanted this now, one to be, I, be so Ian bad. Fleming never actually named Dusko Popov by name. Um, but <laughs> when you go and research Dusko, um, there's pictures of him and Ian Fleming in fucking tuxedos sitting next to each other. And he totally had slicked back hair and these fucking, like, piercing eyes. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's actually a picture of him. He spoke five fucking languages. Oh, I knew it. Yeah, dude. And there's a picture of him fucking skiing like he's goddamn Roger Moore. Oh, like, my God. Like, for the dude was legit. Like, fucking, he's got, like, an AK-47 strapped to him. He's, like, shooting him like Nazis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While he's, like, fucking drinking a martini and doing, like, a backflip. <laughs> yeah. You know, finger blasting a girl in the closet. Oh, dude, that's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> I'm so happy that this guy's real. <laughs> oh. All right, and that only leaves one more with our buddy Osborne Cox in the CIA. So Osborne Cox, this one's tough though. It's really tough because I know next to nothing about the Snowden stuff. Like I do know that he leaked a lot of confidential um, information, and it made a lot of waves in the uh, security world, the IT security world. Because, you know, he's coming out and saying, hey, they're listening to everything you've got. They're storing this shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of chaos that ensued. But I never really right. just, like, sat down and started, like, mulling it all over. However... Well, yeah, I mean, so it, basically all the documents, like, some of them are, like, really important. That like, But they're basically spying on everyone. So a lot, yeah. of, a lot of the paperwork that, like, The Guardian had to go through were, like, mundane things and also just, like, weird stories like this. Right. Where it's like, all right, like, yeah, it's kind of a CIA cover-up, but it's, like, yeah, one guy died, but, like, everyone kind of walked away. Like, it was... Yeah. It's like, not... It didn't affect the, like, the government or society. It was just, like, this weird one-off. God, okay. And then... So that's where it's tough, is, like, it's the shit that probably happens... Day to day. Right. Yeah. Did I go three for three with true shit? (laughs) I know. Fuck. Um, I'm going to roll the dice because my gut feeling is telling me it's uh, true. But I I don't know if it's two for two. I'm I'm just going to go a little bit of the opposite. I'm going to go false on this one. Fucking three for three, baby. Oh, but that means my gut. (laughs) Yes. This for uh, now. Edward Snowden is a real person who really did leak many papers um but the rest of that story um for all you cinephiles out there is actually a re uh kind of a reworking of the plot synopsis to the movie burn after reading (laughs) (laughs) awesome i can see that now (laughs) that's hilarious freaking george clooney shooting brad pitt yeah yeah i couldn't put the brad pitt character in there because i was like well that's just a dead giveaway right so so I basically it's the Tilda Swinton character, the John Malkovich character and George Clooney. Um, and I had him shoot uh, John Malkovich. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, well, fucking. I, 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 I don't know why I got obsessed with this idea. I was like, maybe I can fool him with a plot synopsis to a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, like. And so I was just like, I tr- my first idea was to try to do one for Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> But I couldn't somehow make Bloodbath McGrath sound historical. <laughs> so so you were like, I can make the mechanical spider work, but <laughs> I need a more I, believable I think I just villain. made it a train instead. I was like, eh, it could be a train. Trains were new back then. 
<laughs> they were new and shiny. Awesome. Dude, I'm three for three. I'm undefeated. Well played. I knew I should have put the Edward Snowden one in the fucking middle. Yeah, I see. I did that one that way, too. And I was like, you know what? I have to start putting my fake stories in the beginning or something. Mm-hmm. like. You know what I mean? Because then it, it's like you just don't know. Am I starting off trying to fuck you up or, mm-hmm. you know? So, dude, no, that that one was Trixie's, though. That was very Trixie's because I'm like, <laughs> I, I could fucking this, ha- this shit happens. Right. God, that's hilarious. Well, I, well, still, I tried. I, I tried. Not wanna, too bad from a first time. I still want to read the drunken memoirs, you know, that we'll never get from Osborne. Not just because he's not real, but he died, too, so. Right, yeah, I know. God, that's hilarious. Well, fuck. I, you know, there... you'll just have to try to get me on your 10 now. Dude, I know. Yeah. Fuck. You, you've tripped me. I, you've gotten three for three on mine. This is payback. <laughs> well, Single. there's always next week with the rapid fire questions. Yeah, that's that, the uh... one. That's mm-hmm. the one you got. You so can I'll, make it uh, I'll definitely have to double down. <laughs> you fucking great. All right. Well, do you want me to, uh, do you want me to close it out? Go for it, buddy. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been the allegedly podcast. Please join us every Monday for a new podcast. Next week is going to be a rapid fire 10 question or a 10 fact episode. Please feel free to tune in on any of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify or Google Podcasts. Um, Yeah, and we'll see you guys later.